2: minimum of 4 lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com it's time to talk politics it's hardline on news radio 930 wben and welcome to Hardline. This is Kevin Hardwick on this uh, sunny Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, especially my own, hopefully listening online in Binghamton. One hour from now, we will have live in studio Grand Island Supervisor Nathan McMurray. You may uh, know him as the Democratic candidate for the 27th Congressional District, taking on uh, taking on Chris Collins. So that'll be in an hour. He'll have the full 11 o'clock hour, and we'll get to know Nate. Uh, my guests uh, uh, for the first segment, however... Uh, are a couple of people for whom Mother's Day is probably a bittersweet uh, day because of the loss of a child at an early age. But like the families of Flight 3407 and so many other people in our community, they decided to make their loss meaningful and uh, make a difference. You know, that's one thing I tell my students at Canisius College. Uh, that you ought to use your tools and get out there and matter make a difference and the two people I uh, invite into the studio now uh, certainly uh, certainly have have done that uh i want to introduce from uh, the organization save the michaels Avi Israel uh and Jacqueline uh, Zambido now Avi i think most people in the community or many people of many of us have heard your story from time to time about your son Michael for whom your organization is made uh, save the michaels uh who uh became hooked on opioids after uh, uh, uh you know at became hooked on prescription drugs yes uh, and eventually led to uh to a suicide um and uh that's certainly a heartrending story now i i'm not sure i've heard Jacqueline Zambido's story uh and we welcome her now and and Jacqueline why don't you fill me in on on how you got involved with Avi?
0: thank you um i came here from Arizona and um I saw a sign of Avi Israels about Save the Michaels. And sometime later, I contacted Avi and Julie, and I wanted to get together and find out about their organization. At the time, my son was still alive. My son is a disabled American veteran, Mm -hmm. and uh, he was disabled in the uh, Army, and that's when he got addicted to opioids. They started giving him drugs instead of taking care of the issue of the blown discs in his back. At the same time, they started giving them anti- anxiety medication and antidepressant medication, and all the doctors at the VA don't work together very well. So unfortunately, they're always giving them medications and not checking with each other, and so these veterans often go undetected that they're become addicted to opioids. And um, so my son became addicted to opioids and has been in and out of the VA many times. The detox centers are not monitored properly. These guys don't have the ability to stay in long term. Um, I believe this is why God has brought me together with Mm -hmm. Avi because he's fighting for long-term care for these guys, for all people, men, women alike. You know, and he most important that I've noticed about being with Avi and Julie is that they have so much love for all of these people. He cares about their dignity. He cares about their he cares about their families. He cares about them. He, their clothes. Their everything. I have not seen that at all in all of this. In all this time that I have been fighting for my son for justice, fighting for my son to get help, I've not been able to find anybody that's really helped the person from their heart and their soul the way that avi and julie have so unfortunately my son passed away last year uh he married on february the 4th and on february the 5th he was found dead Uh, this is still under investigation um my son met the person at the va she was working at the va so you know that's an Mm -hmm. issue and that wasn't taken care of by the VA and they knew that my son was assaulted at the VA by somebody and that wasn't taken care of by the VA. There were many many veterans that are not taken care of properly at the VA. And I'm able to see now that Avi and Julie have stepped in and started this foundation, that the veterans are even getting help through Avi, where they weren't getting help otherwise. So I am so grateful to Avi and Julie because he's helping so much.
2: Well, well Avi, it is, it, 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 I've seen you, obviously, a number of times yes. at the county legislature. I'm a I'm a legislator, and and we've taken several steps uh in an attempt to combat the uh, the epidemic uh, is it fair to say I don't want to put words in your mouth and I'm sure you would not let me put words in your mouth <laughs> uh, is it is it fair to say that uh, you tried to work through the system and get state and local governments to to address this problem in a manner that would make a difference and you became frustrated so you you decided to just take matters into your own hands with the founding of save the Michaels
3: well I think it, uh Let's put let's put it this way: um, any um, any government agency that you deal with, um, de- you have to deal with bureaucracy, and bureaucracy gets in the way of treatment. That's obvious; we all know it. Uh, what we've decided to do with save the Michael, excuse me, <clears throat> is to cut to cut the bureaucracy, and that's what we do very good, and get to the point immediately, and get help. Immediately.
2: I, I, I see your ads running now on TV. You've got, a, yes. you've got a good ad buy out there. I don't know who uh, put together the ads, who's done the buying, but they've, they've certainly got a strategy which, which targeted me because I, I yes. see them all the time. When someone calls the number that, uh, that flashes up on the screen, what happens?
3: Well, first of all, they get the compassion
2: that they have been lacking all along.
3: The first thing that happens is we want to know if you need help right now. Are you okay? Do you, uh, what are you, what, what is it that you are using? Um, do you have a place to stay? Can you, do you, uh, do you want to go to detox or do you, you know, do you need to go to detox or do you need to go to treatment? Uh, and then when we start rolling, um, uh, when a person calls, uh, we don't care on whether or not you got insurance. We want to know if you have if you need help right now. Are you ready to go to treatment right now, this minute?
2: Isn't, isn't that one of the problems? Again, uh, if you're just tuning in, talking to Avi Israel of uh, Save the Michaels, also Jacqueline Zambito in studio with me. Um, isn't that one of the problems that 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 we found that, that someone calls a hotline and and it's like, okay, can you? Make an appointment two weeks from Wednesday, and and you know when someone calls there, many times they're in a time of crisis, and you got to get them then.
3: And and, and that's, that's been
2: impossible. That's been the biggest problem.
3: And that's what has been one of the problems with the hotline. And I want I don't want to knock down the hotline. The mm-hmm. hotline helps anything, anything helps. The difference between uh, the hotlines, it, it goes through several k- gates. Mm-hmm. What happens would save the Michaels as you go through one door. When one door only, we are a point of entry into the system, which is in government bureaucracies. That's not the way it goes. Mm-hmm. You have to go through several. You got to go through several gates, and before you get treatment, and sometimes it may take a day or two or whatever. When somebody is in the throes of addiction, and somebody is suffering from withdrawal symptom symptom, uh, they want to get help right now. You know, there's not a moment to lose. When my son asked for help the morning of June 4th, he wanted help that morning. He didn't want to come back to, on Monday, and that's what he was told to call back on Monday. So Monday, went, so Michael went into the back bedroom and shot himself. That's one of the things that we are trying to stop, is for from somebody. Uh, not being able to get help immediately is either going back to using again because the pain of withdrawal is so severe and all taking their life. Uh, fortunately, we have made quite a bit of progress, and with the help of uh, the county, and I have to say something about the Erie County. Erie County has stepped up tremendously uh in the last year compared to what it was Four, five, six years ago, when we started
2: doing that. Well, well, I got to tell you, as uh, as a county legislator, having uh, having dealt with you in the past, having seen your presentations, um, I got to tell you that's uh, that that's in large part because of your action. I mentioned the the families of Flight 3407 a little bit earlier. I don't think we would have had the changes in the FAA regulations were it not for those families. And I don't think if if you and, and people that you brought with you to the legislative chambers didn't make us aware of this problem um you know we wouldn't have been because we're we're out there in the community we're like everyone else and and uh you know some things we don't see and you brought this to our attention and you you dramatized it listen we have to take a a break now um but when we return avi israel of save the michaels will be here uh, along with jacqueline zambito uh eventually after the bottom of the hour news with alan harris we'll get around to some calls if you want to call in uh give us a call at 803-0930 803-0930 uh when we come back I want to talk about the government role not not uh just in uh, uh resolving the opioid epidemic uh but uh, perhaps in causing it and and discuss that with Avi and Jacqueline in the meantime I'm Kevin Hardwick you're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 and welcome back to Hardline, Kevin Hardwick here, sitting uh, with a couple of uh, parents who lost children uh, as a result of the opioid uh, epidemic. A uh, lot of us have been affected by that. Um, uh, most of us, thank goodness, have not been affected as directly as my guests. They are Avi Israel and uh, Jacqueline Zambito. You may know Avi from Save the Michaels, named after his son. Uh, uh, the website, by the way, is Save the Michaels. Dot org and phone number in case you uh, you or someone you know needs assistance is nine eight four eight three seven five nine eight four eight three seven five although I'm sure that information is on their website save the michaels dot org um, you know uh, uh, jacqueline uh, your son uh, was uh, uh, became hooked on this medicine directly because of the government. He was in he was in the military, and military doctors or VA doctors prescribed this stuff for him. Yes. Um, I supervised this last semester an honors thesis for one of my all college honors students, Katie Hobica. And she she did her thesis on the opioid epidemic and Erie County's response to it. And it was pretty amazing looking up at the the lead-up to this and the government involvement. I mean, it began a couple decades ago when, when government started saying, hey, doctors ought to... You know, look at pain as a a primary problem and not just deal with the disease, but deal with pain. So so they they incentivized or they required physicians to, you know, get involved in in pain management in a way that they were not before. And then, you know, I was talking to a doctor of mine recently, and he said, you know, government, New York State government had an involvement in this. When they started rating hospitals. And, and, you know, they, we, we, we go and we look at the rating of, we compare one hospital to another when we're thinking of a procedure and we look for the five star, the three star, whatever. And, uh, uh that gave hospitals an incentive to make people happy when they, when they left. Yeah. And you, yes. you, you, you give us a bunch of these drugs and you get us high and yeah, we'll give you the five star rating. Well, I mean, was, I mean yeah, that she, was
3: the work, that was the work of the pharmaceutical companies. So in the mid nineties, with the lead, mm-hmm. the leader was obviously Purdue Pharmaceutical that came out with this uh, smiling to frowning face, yeah, and they convinced Congress that uh, the fifth vital sign was pain, and and that was obviously uh, including in a in a large strategy to sell more painkillers. So. When you uh, went into a hospital and and you were treated in the emergency department and and you know what was the rate of your pain? And you go, "Well I'm at seven, yeah, you were they were required to give you medication for 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 pain, and the medication became opiates. And the same thing, when you left the hospital, you were were supposed to rate the hospital, and that's how government reimbursed the hospital. If you were satisfied and got out of the hospital with no pain, you got a better rate of reimbursement. Jacqueline? The
0: interesting part about all of this is, yes, that is so true. But my son was a patient back and forth and back and forth in and out of rehab at the VA and was a patient for many other things, mental health issues as well. But my son uh, was working and he smashed his finger and he had to have surgery and he mm-hmm. had to have steel plates put in and everything, nuts and bolts and all this stuff. But he went to a regular hospital. He went to a, a uh an area where he didn't have to deal with the VA because they just wanted to give him the opioids. They didn't care that he was addicted to them. They didn't care that he kept saying, I don't want to take these, I don't want this. Instead, they kept saying, Oh, that you have to have this, you have to have this. So my son decided to go and have surgery outside of the VA and have to pay for it himself because of this issue. Um,
2: you know, um it, 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 is, it, is it fair to say that through all of the work that you have done uh, and the lobbying at the, at the state uh, and the local level that maybe we've finally turned the corner here, at least in, in Erie County? It seems like the, the, you know, we've reached a peak. Uh, it used to be not a month went by when you didn't hear someone, you know, I have my two youngest sons are 25 and 26 and they've lost a number of their friends and it seemed that it was it was happening quite frequently i haven't heard about any of their friends passing recently and i know that's a small sample my two sons uh, but have we have we turned the
3: corner yeah i think we have turned the corner when it comes to the, to death and i uh, we have not turned the corner yet when it comes to overdoses mm-hmm. and the point i'm trying to make is there's a difference between overdosing you know and dying and overdosing and surviving. What what is being done very good in Erie County is we have created a system where if you go into the hospital you get treated with the Narcan obviously right mm-hmm. away. You get treated with Narcan all over the place. And a lot of people there's out there a lot there are of carrying people, Narcan. There's okay. a lot of people are carrying Narcan. The, the Erie County did a tremendous, a great job in training thousands of people in Erie County to to use Narcan we're using a lot more Narcan today than what we were using before. We are now using maybe at one time we would use maybe one or two doses, we are using five and six and seven doses of Narcan today to keep somebody alive because of the fentanyl. But we're not losing people at the rapid rate that we have lost. So so are we ago. are we becoming complacent
2: then because we don't see the death statistics? <laughs>
3: I think so. I think so. I think what is really needed now is to move towards treatment. And we're starting to do that with the help of some of the EDs, the emergency departments, where now you can get uh, medication-assisted treatment and an appointment
2: to, to, to outpatient treatment right away. You, you know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, medication-assisted treatment. Uh, that's a that's a very hot topic. I mean, it became a hot topic uh, just oh, recently last fall. Yes, when uh, when Amherst uh, wrestled with the location of a, a methadone clinic. I think it was Catholic Health. Yes. Wait, I, I want to get into that after the break and some of the yeah. barriers there with the with the treatment. Uh, but right now Alan Harris is standing by the news. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about that. We'll also go to your phone calls. So if you want to get in line, there are some open lines 803-0930 803-0930 talking about the opioid crisis today on Hardline and this is Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome back to Hardline. Kevin Hardwick sitting here with Avi Israel and Jacqueline Zambito to uh uh, parents who have been adversely affected by the opioid epidemic both losing uh, losing children to it uh, certainly appreciate them being here today. We're going to get to your calls in a moment, but, uh, have a couple of announcements. Uh, number one, uh, the city of Tonawanda, uh, God's country where I hail from, uh, we've got on Wednesday, May 23rd from 6 to 8 p.m. in our high school at 600 Fletcher Street, a community opioid conversation. Uh, WBN is in fact a, or Intercom is a sponsor of this. Uh, Nicholas Picklus from, uh, Kiss 98.5 is going to be, uh, helping to moderate that. So that's, uh, Wednesday, May 23rd, 6 to 8 p.m., City of Tonawanda, High School, 600 Fletcher Street. Also again, uh, org is the website, uh, for Avi's organization. Their number is 984-8375. Avi, before we get to, uh, phone calls, a couple of issues. One, medic, uh, uh, medical assistant, medication assistant assisted treatment. I mentioned uh, before yes. the break uh, the uh, the problem they had out in Amherst uh, yes. citing a methadone clinic. I think one of the problems is people hear methadone clinic and they think, oh, my God, all the addicts are going to be hanging around my neighborhood. Uh, could anything be further from the truth?
3: That is the furthest thing from the truth. People do not hang around methadone treatment. What people fail to understand is methadone is regulated by the federal government. So where the disbursement of it the disbursement of methadone has to be in a special location in a special uh, special facilities and the the, quali- the quantity of it that's mm-hmm. that's what be dispersed um People do not hang around methadone cl- clinics. Drug dealers do not hang around methadone clinics because you cannot do drugs when you do <laughs> methadone. So the, what people need to understand, that methadone is keeping people alive. And, and, and in, and in and many
2: cases, these are their neighbors they're dealing These are, are absolutely... These are people who, like your right. children, got, got hooked on prescription drugs prescribed uh, by doctors.
3: Absolutely right. Let me uh,
2: let me ask one more. You wanted to talk briefly about drug courts. We'll get a, a quick word on that, yeah. and then we'll go to the phone.
3: So what, what has been going on is Save the Michaels has been asked by the state to help place people who are spending time in jail waiting for a bed. Uh, Erie County has given us a grant for $50,000. We're using that to transport people from jail and finding them locations in, 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 in New York State. And rather than spend time in jail, we it's get them a, right into. Kind of a win-win situation. Isn't it, it is a win-win situation because our state money and our county money, which is most, most of the people are Medicare or Medicaid, mm-hmm. was going to Pennsylvania, New Jersey,
2: uh, Miami, or whatever it is. Now it's staying in New York State. Tell, tell you what, that's, uh, with that, let's go to the phones. I think the, the first caller is Jimmy in Niagara Falls. Uh, Jimmy, welcome to the program.
1: How you doing today?
2: Good. Thank you for calling in, Jimmy. From the looks of things, you have a question or a comment for Jacqueline?
1: Well, yeah, Jacqueline, first of all, I want to say Happy Mother's Day, and thank you, thank you for your son's service. I also serve.
2: Thank you for your service and as thank well. Thank you for your service, Jimmy.
1: I, I get my treatment at the VA, and I'm not a real big fan, i got to be honest with you. However, when it comes to the, the prescription drug situation at the VA, we're in a tragic situation where people like myself could not get the pain medicine that we need if we wanted to, and I've never abused drugs. I've been on everything from Oxycontin, fentanyl patches, and every kind of pain medicine you can think of, Demerol, you name it. I had a, I've lost many people to this opioid epidemic. I mean, locally, probably three or four within the service, another five or six. I had four members of my air crew have committed suicide already, so I'm well aware of that situation and reach out to my boys all the time. But I'm gonna tell you something, there are people that are abusing the drugs And, you know, in the VA's case, I'll be honest with you, one of the worst problems they have is I started way back when, I don't even know on what, but the first drug that ever gave me a problem was Oxycontin. It was in the late 80s, early 90s. There was no news out about it. There was no information about it. And when the VA found what a dangerous drug this was, they literally took almost 100% of the veterans off the drug problem is, in my case, and I can't speak for everyone, the doctor never advised me why he was t- changing my medication, took me off of it. I am somebody who only uses the medication when I need it, and I was having withdrawals when I was coming off that and didn't know it. What's worse is I still had some medication laying around and not knowing what was wrong with me. Uh, when I was really miserable and really hurting, I would take one, and wow, I felt better, and didn't know why, and didn't really ever associate it with that.
2: that that's uh, J- Jimmy. Thank you. I'm going to leave you on the line, but I, I just want to ask my guest. I mean, that's. I, I mean, this is like a typical story, isn't it? This is what happens, whether we're talking about the VA or, or uh, you know, in in private hospitals or in civilian hospitals. Yes,
3: absolutely. Absolutely. Some people get addicted. Some people don't. Some people react to drugs differently than other people. I think in Jimmy's case, Jimmy, you are one of the lucky ones. Uh, God bless you. Um, uh, keep, keep doing Jim, what you're doing, and if you stay
2: safe, God will just do it. Jimmy, thank you. thank you for calling in, and thank you for sharing your story as, as well as your service.
0: God bless you. Uh,
2: okay, we go next. We'll go right back to the phones, squeeze in one more call before the break, and let's go to Jackie and Tonawanda. Jackie, welcome to the program. Thank you for holding.
0: Hi, thank you. Uh, my name is Jackie. I'm actually a very longtime close friend of Jacqueline and her family, and I was just calling in to let her know I'm thinking of her, and that I hope she has an awesome Mother's Day.
2: Thank, thank you, Jackie. Obviously, obviously a great friend, Jacqueline. Yeah,
0: thank you, Jackie. I love you. I love you too.
2: Okay. Let's, uh, let's squeeze in one more call before the break. Let's go out to Dave in East Amherst. Dave, welcome to the program. Yeah. Yes, uh. Yes, you're on, Dave. All right, I'm on.
1: All right.
2: Yes. Uh, I am Curtis Collins, 1962. You, I'm sorry, you graduated where? From college. Oh, Canisius College, yes, uh, yes, uh, the unofficial sponsor of Hardline. Uh, yes, God bless you. I, I, I hope you still send us money because we can sure use it. Oh yeah. Okay, good.
1: When I was in college, it was drugs were for skid row bums. We yeah. drink beer and chase girls. Yeah. Uh, it didn't change.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, you're right. And and I'll, I'll ask Avi and, and Jacqueline, I mean, isn't that one of the problems with the current epidemic? Because people like of our age, of a certain age, yeah. uh, you know, associate, uh, you know, addiction with, uh, with skid row, what, with uh, people who choose to become high, who don't get, but, but now we're talking about people who get addicted because of prescription drugs. It,
3: there's, a different, there's a difference today between the 60s and 70s to what is happening in the 2000s or, or what have you. Uh, addiction today uh, does not happen uh, like a, a, a long, slow decline. This is today you can take pills and two, three days later you are addicted mm-hmm. and you just cannot get away from it the way you was back in the 60s and 70s. So addiction today is a little different. Today is like falling off the cliff and you in a in, in that rabbit hole trying to climb your way out and you just can't. Mm-hmm. Good.
0: Also, there are many doctors and lawyers and judges, all kinds of people out there that are addicted.
2: They're addicted also. Yes. yes. Dave, thanks thanks for making that point. Uh, it uh, it was a good one. We're late for a break. Uh, when we come back uh Avi Israel and uh um, um Jacqueline Zambito will still be here. Uh I'll be here. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome back to Hardline. Kevin Hardwick here with Avi Israel and Jacqueline Zambito from Save the Michaels. Their website savethemichaels.org. Phone number 984-8375 if you or someone you know is uh uh, uh having uh, having difficulty with uh, prescription uh, uh, opioids or or other uh, drug problems uh, i think that is uh, one certainly one place to go also want to remind people that the city of tanawanda is holding a community opioid conversation on wednesday may 23rd from 6 to 8 p.m. in the city of tanawanda high school 600 fletcher street um in a few moments uh, well in about 15 10 15 minutes we'll be joined live in studio by Nathan McMurray. Nathan is the Grand Island supervisor. He's also the uh, Democratic candidate for the 27th congressional district, running against uh, Chris Collins. Uh, Chris Collins, of course, seeking reelection. The Republican candidate. Um, you know, Avi Jacqueline, I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to have Nathan McMurray. He's running for Congress, the federal government. Uh, should I ask him? Do you have any questions I should ask him about the federal government yes. and the opioid crisis? Yes,
3: yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I'd like to know what is the federal government doing as far as awareness? Uh, we're not doing very much. At all, as far as raising awareness about addiction. Mm-hmm. We need to start talking about addiction as a disease, and we're not doing that. And we need to start talking to young kids, you know, at the age of, of 10, 11, 12, about addiction, how dangerous it could be. Uh, uh, we're not doing anything I mean, what, about uh,
2: that. I mean, Jacqueline, what has the federal government done to date, other other than get your son hooked on opioids? <laughs> which which isn't funny. I shouldn't. I, I, I don't mean it that way. I but they they did have a role there.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, until he he was fine until he joined the army, and uh, got hurt, and they got him addicted to the opioids by giving him the opioids. But <clears throat> the problem also is the fact that while he was in the VA in Canandaigua, um and things happened that shouldn't have happened there. I contacted the Office of Inspector Generals because I was told to
1: mm-hmm.
0: by people in the VA that worked in the VA and said that new things were going on that shouldn't have been going on there concerning my son. And uh, I contacted the Office of Inspector Generals three times, and they never returned my call once.
2: Well, we, we hear a lot about the, the VA, Avi. Well, one of the things that, we, that
3: the federal government can get involved in is obviously raise awareness, to young folks and and to young families about addiction. The other thing is we have this this uh, thing about treatment. Twenty eight days treatment is not enough for anybody. Opioids rewire your brains. Mm-hmm. The the electrical circuits in your brain completely go haywire. So 28 days treatment is not enough. Now commercial insurance is cutting treatment to 15 to 19 days. That is not enough to help somebody. We need some fi- some finances for long-term term it, uh, treatment. What I mean is 3 months, 6 months, 9 mm-hmm. months to get a person back into to uh, normal behavior. And then after that, Save the Michael is doing it on their own is helping people coming out of 28-day treatment to try to find jobs, to try to find housing. There's nothing that the federal government is doing when it comes to that, to, to try to find, uh, to help people with with training when it comes to job. There's nothing that the federal government is doing about that. I would like to ask the candidate, well, how are they going to help with that? Mm-hmm. You know
2: what are you it's going all, to do? It's all interrelated. I, I understand. Yeah. Let's Let's do this. Let's go back. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, Phil from Cattaraugus County has been holding on. Phil, welcome to the program. Thank you for holding.
1: Hi, Kevin. Um, I just don't want. I can't imagine mm-hmm. how bad it is to lose anybody. Sure. I don't want people to forget there are people that um, are suffering, and they can't get pain medication because doctors won't prescribe it
2: it's you, you know that's an interesting comment it's it's the uh, unintended consequences of public policy we made about half an hour ago we talked about uh, the focus on pain medication, one of the uh, phone, phone focus on pain treatment uh, having an unintended consequence of yes. getting people hooked on opioids, now the pendulum you're making the case has swung in the other direction, and there are people out there who are in a lot of pain, and and doctors and other health professionals are scared stiff to, to prescribe anything.
1: Absolutely. I had a girl come up to me because my wife is in that situation. Mm-hmm. And a girl came up to me the other day, and she said, "My father sits at home and cries all night long um, because he can't get help." And that's just—I I don't know what the answer is. I, I,
2: I don't—I don't either. But I think you bring up an excellent point. It's certainly a, something to be considered. I'm going to—I'm going to cut you loose, Phil. Thank you for listening, and thank you for for holding. And uh, and I think Avi has a has a comment on that.
3: Well, I, I think there is a consequences to overprescribing that we did, that doctors did uh, for a long time. And the consequences is that people that really need pain medication mm-hmm. for a certain situations, people who suffer from cancer, people who suffer from life-ending diseases that need the help and now can't get it. I,
2: I, I have a I have a wife who has very bad rheumatoid arthritis. Yes. She is in constant constant pain. She's not on opioids, but uh, it it's, yeah. it's a problem. Yeah.
0: My yeah. daughter as well. She and suffers. it's tough to
2: watch someone you love yeah. in pain, as you, my, you know. Yes,
0: my daughter Nicole as well. She suffers from uh pain. She won't take pen pain yeah. medication at all.
2: Let's let's try to squeeze in one more call. We've only got about a minute left in the program, but let's go to Bob in Buffalo. Uh, Bob, welcome to the program. Thank you for holding.
1: Uh, thank you for taking my call. I want to touch on what the uh, last gentleman talked about. I lost my brother five years ago. He had back surgery mm-hmm. thirty-five years ago. Uh, uh, he was on uh, they screwed up his back, I think. Uh, he was on pain medication for thirty years, and then one day they decided the government to do a crackdown, and they just shut the medication off.
2: Mm. And that's wrong. Right. Okay? Uh, very sorry for your loss, Bob.
1: It's just a fact of life. Uh, Thank you, Kevin. So I'm just going to ask this question. Uh, When you see we get involved in Afghanistan and we allow the poppy fields to grow, when you see the government setting up clean ejection sites, and I can understand why, but you wonder, is there dirty money involved? Is the CIA involved uh, with a um, plan to uh, allow our people to stay uh, uh, hooked?
2: Bob, Bob we're, we're running out of time. I'm going to have to drop you. Thanks for calling, uh, and, uh, and I'll get a quick response from Avi and Jacqueline.
3: Well, you know what? There's all sort of conspiracies that's going on in this world today. Uh, I, I definitely heard that. I definitely think there's when there's money involved, there's all kind of motives mm. that drive people. Uh, I don't have the answer for that. I do know that people that suffer from pain need help. How do we go about it? There's, there's, uh, I don't have the answer for that, but I definitely don't want to see more people suffer from addiction.
0: What I do want to say about this with Avi is the fact that my son was in a 28-day rehab program. He chose to go from Buffalo to Canada to a 45 Mm. so he could get Vivitrol shots. It's the only way he could get them. He needed the extra time and he knew it. They we, need more time.
2: We are unfortunately out of time for this hour, but I do want to thank my guests, Avi Israel and Jacqueline Zambito, thank for you. sharing their thank stories you. with us today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month.
0: New iPhone 15s? It's better
1: over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month, with eligible trade-in when you switch